Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for business ethics and integrity. The Ellen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sense Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I am the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group, and we're located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164. We're also in the village of Whitefish Bay. We're in the Equitable Bank Building across from Winkies, and we also service our clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. If you'd like to know more about the Ellenbecker Investment Group, you can visit ellenbecker.com. My guest today is going to be talking about one of my very most favorite subjects and that's the Milwaukee Film Festival and we are going to um, look at what's coming up which is coming up in the next couple weeks. Kara Ogburn she is the artistic director and she has so much new information of course as we all know the theater and the arts have really taken quite a hit so Kara what's happening with the (laughs) Milwaukee Film Festival and um, all the new things and you know they always say that there's a silver lining in everything. <laughs> and some of us are thinking it's pretty hard to find a silver lining in the pandemic, but um, Milwaukee Film has really risen to the occasion and there definitely is a silver lining. Yeah, thanks, Karen. Um, I would say, yes, very, very, very slim silver lining, <laughs> like 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 the finest, the finest lining. Um, but yeah, um, so Milwaukee Film has historically run our festival in the fall. We have taken the opportunity with the pandemic to sort of move to spring. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about why that is in a bit. Um, but, you know, Milwaukee Film is a year-round organization. We run the Oriental Theater year-round. Uh, right now, it is closed. Uh, we are taking the opportunity for it being closed to not close, to do some construction that we've been planning to do as part of our sort of process of refurbishing the theater and making it kind of historically sensitive, but also one of the more comfortable uh, historic theaters to watch films in in our city. Uh, We're also continuing to serve our youth programs, um, doing our education screenings virtually. Uh, So we've been beaming films into classrooms and into at-home learning environments throughout the fall and the spring here, Um, taking filmmakers virtually into learning spaces, uh, as well as serving uh, filmmakers locally with programming. Amongst the arts, you know, film is certainly hit we're all hit all performing arts all venues all you know everybody who makes their living kind of bringing people together to have experiences is really you know struggling but I will say that you know film is able to sort of more quickly pivot into an online space Um, we were able to mount our festival this past fall virtually uh, so using a platform that brings the festival right into your home right onto your tv screen it's not as good. As, I mean, I'm going to bet nobody listening has as big a screen or as good of sound <laughs> as as those theaters, but it approximates, right? And it gives, I think, our audience opportunities to escape, to escape their homes, which I think we all have wanted to do, uh, to, you know, sort of escape ourselves, um, to learn from others, to meet others, to explore the world and really kind of, you know, have that festival experience, even if it isn't quite the same. When people hear the word film, um, they aren't always certain how that is different than movies. I mean, 
They're not. In my mind, they're not. Once upon a time, a uh, film was on a, a celluloid film, but most <laughs> films that you watch nowadays aren't. They're all digital. Um, I think for the festival, we're really trying to dig more into independent artists, um, not sort of films that have been funded by really large studios and that you can see at any multiplex, you know, both Oriental Theater year round, as well as the festival, show you films that you otherwise wouldn't get to see that aren't playing at every theater around the country, Um, sort of less well-known international or documentary, but independent films that don't get that same kind of traffic. Um, And it's our job to bring them to our audience because the audience wants to see all of it. It's all great films um, and our audience respects that and wants that. I know that so often the films that I truly enjoyed the most are the ones where I'm really learning something that I'm surprised that how could I have not known that or or how can that be? And you can do that in an hour and a half or two hours. And it's just, it, it opens my eyes. And the thing I miss most about the theaters being closed is that there's always that that hubbub and that the people talking as they're walking out of the theater and you're walking next to someone and they go, wow, yeah, wasn't it that part about this? And right. all of a sudden you're talking to a stranger that yep. you've never met before. You have found a synergy. You have found something that you connect on and it leads to something else and you smile and yeah. wow, that was, I'm going to tell people that they've got to see that. Or, I mean, that's the thing that I miss the most about the pandemic and about us not being able to stand in line, you know, in yeah. front of the theater. And that'll be back. That'll be back. Yeah. That's the magic that's really hard to recreate virtually. I mean, yes. we've got, you know, we've got a Facebook page. We've got, we'll do all of our Q and A's on YouTube and folks can kind of write in questions and responses and comments there, but it isn't the same. Um, but we do, you know, we hope that you'll save up all of those film observations. And then when we are back in line, <laughs> because it really is the magic of bringing people together. You have a shared experience with strangers. Like how often do we get to have that kind of shared moment? Like we just sat yes. and had the same experience for an hour and a half that unites you. Um, or you walk into one of the the restaurants and you notice that that's one of the people that was in line and you yeah. just automatically stop at the table and go, what'd you think? <laughs> Greatest icebreaker ever, right? We yes. just saw the same thing. Yeah. And now we're going to watch it on our own TV sets or with, I know a lot of people do it, a group of people get together and they break bread together and they watch some of these films together, which is wonderful. It's, it's going to be a different experience, but yet just thinking, I think myself with all of this time that people have had, that probably the, within the next few years, we're going to have some of the most amazing movies and, and music that we've ever had because artists and musicians have really been able to um, spend a lot of time yeah. on development. And I think that some of the films that are coming for this festival are just really amazing. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about why did you move to spring and what will that actually mean? And, you know, also, I'd like to talk a little bit about how important a film festival is to a city and how we have grown, which has been just amazing. And with that, we'll be right back. (music) 
Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. My guest today is Kara Ogburn, and she is the artistic director for the Milwaukee Film. And we are talking about the festival, which is just around the corner. What are the dates exactly of the festival? Yeah, so the festival this year is, now don't think that you're getting it wrong here. It's May (laughs) 6th through 20th. Um, So 15 days, um, but you may notice that we've moved from October, September, that time of year to spring. Uh, So don't think your, you know, your brain fog is not kicking in. It's, it's real. It's happening. It's May 6th through 20th. It's a virtual festival, which means that all the films become available. Well, all but one film, I'll talk about that, come available at noon on the 6th. So you can kind of choose your own adventure when it comes to opening night. We do have an opening night film that is marked as such and that we'll be welcoming the filmmakers that evening to chat with them about their film and kind of celebrating and uplifting that film. But all the films become available except for one. And that's our closing night film, which is actually only available on the 20th. Um, So with the with the film festival being changed to spring, is this a permanent change or is this due to the pandemic? Since we took over operation of the Oriental Theater in 2018, you know, we had been a fall festival. We'd kind of moved into October. We're really excited about that. But once we started operating the theater, it became evident to us that our job, which is really to bring films and put them on screen that otherwise wouldn't get on screen, right? We talked earlier about those, you know, it's not the multiplex, it's on every screen movies. We didn't fully recognize the impact that operating a theater year round would have on that. We have three screens all year to bring those great films and put them on screen and make sure audiences get a chance to see them. And in the fall, film festivals are sort of all kind of leading up to that award season buzz. And we felt a little like a corner um, in terms of what we could show, what was available for us to show. And moving to spring was something we were like, oh, well, maybe if we move to spring, we'll kind of get out of our own way a little bit. Uh, We'll still have those same films to play in the fall as they come theatrically through. Uh, But spring is a little closer to some of the premier festivals in the early winter that we show films from. And it might give us a little bit more access to bring filmmakers in because by fall, they're often onto their next project or they are, you know, in a press junket that doesn't always sort of line up neatly with our festival. So we're really moving to spring as kind of a long anticipated goal. The pandemic does give us that flexibility to sort of do something different and be forgiven for it. But it also, because we are presenting a virtual festival, both the last October and then this May, uh, we couldn't have done that with an in-person festival, um, just in terms of the venue rentals and travel and staff. Uh, it would have been really difficult. So we're really excited about this. We see it as, a, you know, if not permanent, permanent, permanent's a big word, especially after this last yeah. year, but, you know, <laughs> a really long-term move that'll really help us kind of cement ourselves in and figure out what Milwaukee's film festival really is without all the sort of framework that fall festivals have. How important is the Milwaukee Film Festival to the city of Milwaukee? And how do we compare with other film festivals around the country? Mm-hmm. So uh, film festivals kind of fall into like three buckets. Uh, There's the premier festivals, the market festivals, where films picked up by distributors um, and, you know, your Sundances, your Cannes, you know, those film festivals that you've heard of, even though you've never been, those ones. Uh, And then there's festivals like ours that serve kind of a region or a city or that are kind of unique in their own way, but aren't necessarily a place where films are bought and sold. 
Uh, and then there's festivals that are much more specialized and niche, you know, short film festivals, horror film festivals, uh, festivals that really dig in deeper into a particular kind of film. So we really, I think for the city, I mean, our in 2019, we had eight, over 85,000 attendees. Uh, you know, we're, we're a big festival. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of movies. It's a lot of um, that, in, that buzz on the streets and in the, in the restaurants near the theaters to talk about great films. Uh, our virtual festival last year had 66 something attendees, uh, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah. You know, you get counted a couple of times each time you watch a film, but it really shows that there's that drive, that energy, that Milwaukee, while we may not be a super huge media market, does really have, you know, voracious film goers, audiences that want to see more than just like flyover country is assumed to want yes. to. Um, and so I think we're putting us on the map that way. And it's, it's pretty rare for a film company to own their own theater. <laughs> Yeah, so there's there's a handful of festivals around the country that, yeah, operate a theater year-round as well. It's becoming more and more common because it really kind of helps you do exactly what I described, right? Show these great films at this time of year, show these great films, really expand what kinds of films you're able to connect audiences to. Because that's really the, the business we're all in, right? We're wanting to make sure that films and filmmakers connect with their audience, and find their audiences and know that their audiences live in Milwaukee and live in wherever, right? They don't, you know, film going audiences don't only live in New York and LA. And we have a great school system and a great opportunity for growth within Milwaukee for those young people who do want to be filmmakers. And there's some awards that are given out for that as well. Yeah. So, you know, we're really trying to be like that full pipeline and, and not just for, you know, people who've already figured out, yep, I'm a filmmaker or, oh, I love to go to the movies. We want to make sure that that those paths are available for all. So um, in our youth programs, we are, you know, bringing students to the theater or right now bringing films, really high quality, festival quality, interesting independent films into their classrooms uh, to sort of expand media literacy outcomes. We also bring filmmakers into classrooms to really give visibility to films are made by people. And this person looks like me, uh, sounds like me, talks like me, can relate to this person who made this thing and really giving visibility to that career path and to the variety of career paths in film. I think films are not just made by one person usually. It takes a real team. It's a really collaborative effort. You might say, well, I'm not like, I don't want to be a filmmaker, but like I want to support film, but maybe you're an accountant. Well, you there's careers just doing accounting for films yes. um, and, and supporting in those sorts of ways. So it's really important for us to make that visible to young people here in the city. Some of the film programs that I know we're going to touch in the next interview, you've got the American Independence, you've got Art and Artists, you've got Black Lens, Cream City Cinema, Cinema Hooligans, Sin Sin, Fronteras, Documentary Film Festival, uh, Genra Queer, Rated K for Kids, Shorter is Better, The Worldview, you've got a teen screen, and you've got Sound Vision, which is wonderful categories. And within each one of those categories are films that lend themselves to that. And so I think what we'll do, so we have a little longer segment, is take a break now and let's get into the fun part and talk about some of the films that are coming. I'd love to know some of your favorite picks. And then at the end of the show, let's talk about membership, how people can join, how they can access the film festival, what is included in that, because there's things that happen all year round when you're a member. So with that, we'll be back. I want to say again, the film festival is May 6th through the 20th. We're just taking the corner around to getting there and we'll be right back. 
Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm the founder and the senior wealth advisor. My guest today is Kara Ogburn, and she is the artistic director for the Milwaukee Film. And that's a huge interest of myself and Ellen Becker Investment Group. We have been supporters for years, and I don't even know how long I've been on the board now. It's been a really long time. And watching and learning so much about film, I initially was interested in it because it was something that I didn't know much about. And now really understanding what it takes for people and individuals to make a a film and to come up with it and to get the funding and to go through the process of making a film is extraordinary. And the idea that we've got how many films this year? There's 202 films in the festival. 202. And think of the hours. If you were to break that down into the hours that every one of those filmmakers spent making that film, it would be an unbelievable amount of time to bring joy to the viewers and to bring interest. And so let's take you know, the good part of what we've got time left to talk about some of the amazing, I know we can't talk about 200 of them, but you must have some favorites and some ideas of films that people might not have really thought about and would tweak their interest. Yeah. So that 202 films does break down into both short films and feature length films. Um, We have 17 shorts programs. Um, Earlier when you were we're sharing those program categories. Uh, The program categories are a great way to kind of like find your niche in the festival. So if you've got uh, kiddos around that you want to share films with, you know, we do have three shorts programs in our rated K for kids category. They're sized for sizes, small, medium, and large. It's a great first film experience. Short films are great because kind of wiggle in between them. Short films in a virtual environment mean you can pause afterward and you can talk about the film and you can talk about, you know, how did that film make you feel? What did you think about it? Um, So if you, if you got little ones in your circle, look for those rated K film programs and the shorts programs in particular. When you talk about shorts, you're talking about what, 12 minutes, 15 minutes? Uh, Under 20. Under 20. Uh, Yeah. And so, so, you know, that ranges, I haven't done the math yet on what our shortest film is, but usually we end up with something that's like 30 seconds or under a minute, something that's a minute, um, often in those kids programs, or sometimes in our youth showcase, our Milwaukee youth show is films made by young people in our greater Milwaukee area. And sometimes those are PSAs or, you know, sort of some of the smallest video formats. Um, so ranged from that on up to feature length films that are, I don't know, pushing past that two hour mark. We got those too. (laughs) And they're action-packed generally. Yeah. I mean, shorts programs are are fantastic for little kids because they're, you know, you can pause, (laughs) you can, you can wiggle, it changes. They don't like one, come on, there's the next one showing up. So yeah. You know, we're we're always looking, I do. I mean, just the other day, my granddaughter, Sienna is coming to visit me and it's like, what do I talk about? And what can I get a conversation going? So these films are wonderful if you want to get a conversation going with your kids. And it's almost like you can find out a little bit about what they're thinking and their interpretation, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, something that as parents and grandparents, we're always looking to try and figure that out. And so what else do you got for us? (laughs) And so I always find that, yeah, talking, talking to kids about what they thought you learned something that you didn't see. Right. And it's not that it's it's like, there's no right or wrong interpretation of art. Right. It's like, but what did you come into it with or take away from it? Uh, One of the places I've been inspired this year in that same vein is with our teen screen program. We paused it last fall, but back, and this is a program that is selected by teens 
We have a, a committee of about 15-ish teenagers from a variety of schools in the greater Milwaukee area, and they've been meeting weekly. They've been watching films. They've been reading and discussing, and they've selected four features for their primary category as well as two shorts programs. Uh, and these aren't films that are just for teens. They, you'll see that they're cross-listed across other program categories as well. They are incredible films. They have great taste. We're in good hands. Like I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I can retire. I can give my job to one of them. Um, they they have done a really remarkable job. So I want to direct people to look for those teen screen films and kind of think about they've written a program description that's all about becoming and sort of thinking about what the experience of being a teenager in 2020 and 2021 has been and kind of reflecting on that. But you will be you will be also like feeling like we are in really good hands. Uh, they like experimental and challenging and stimulating art. So those are programs that I would direct folks to look at. Some films that I love, a film that sort of sits in between that youth and teen category is a film called Best Summer Ever. It's a literal high school musical, but it's an independent one. So it's about a summer camp experience and a romance that then goes back to high school and uh, hijinks ensue, but it's it's got a great soundtrack. It's got a ability inclusive cast. The film uh, cast folks regardless of their ability. So it, it features actors that have different physical abilities right alongside actors that you might expect. So it's really sort of thinking about inclusive casting through a really fun mechanism um, and without sort of an attention to that, right? It's not the, the fact that one of the leads is in a wheelchair is really infrequently discussed. It's not the central focus of the plot. And so that's a really fun film for kind of a, a tween kind of an audience. Uh, it's It sort of sits kind of in between those, but it's really fun for all. If you like High School Musical, if you like Grease, it's got a little bit of that vibe Wait, as what? well. We have, I'm going to draw attention to our opening night film, as I said I would, which is a documentary called Tom Petty, Somewhere You Feel Free. Milwaukee loves Tom Petty. I know. I've been at that Marcus Amphitheater for a Tom Petty concert. Um, and this is a great film to celebrate his legacy, but also really dig into his creative process. It features some never before seen footage, 16 millimeter footage from when he was making Wildflowers. And it really digs into that creative process of building an album and collaborating with a group and some of the, you know, sort of tensions and challenges there. It's a really beautiful and beautifully edited film. Um, so that's our opening night film. And we will we'll be having a Q&A with the, the film team to kind of talk about that process and that film and really celebrate. Uh, our closing night film is also a music documentary. Also sort of that very pleasing to all film which is only available on May 20th so if you need to sort of like plan make sure you mark some time on the calendar on the 20th for Summer of Soul which is Amir Questlove Thompson's documentary premiere if you watched the Oscars he teed it up and you got to see the first trailer where he's he made a documentary about the Harlem uh, World Festival which is sort of the uh, Black Woodstock they called it uh, but it's really about this one part concert documentary plus really a a deep dive into Black American culture at that time, but still with lots of resonances today. So it features Sly and the Family Stone, Nina Simone, you know, all, all these well-known artists that uh, you'll, you'll get to see performing live, but then really thinking about the impact of that event on culture, American culture broadly and music culture broadly, but sort of a, festi a summer festival film to get you outside and hopefully finding some live music out in the, out in the world this summer. Those are two sort of music 
documentaries that I would draw attention to. Uh, and they are opening and closing night films. <laughs> it's a nice little bookend. And I know that you've got some kind of heaven and they're stop yeah. making sense. And I was looking through all of these. And I mean, there are just so many when Claude got shot, which deals with um, during a visit to Milwaukee at his high school uni- reunion. I mean, there's so many things, young warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just yeah. a ton of different shows that there are some that will appeal to everybody, it, especially if you're wanting to learn some historical information that you didn't even know. I mean, there are so many films that are just going to entertain you and you're going to laugh, but there are also some that are going to make you really think and look at, look at things through literally a different lens than your own lens and maybe give you a different perspective. And if, you know, for me, what's important is always feeling that I'm being challenged and that I'm curious and that I'm growing. And so many of these films do that. And you know, you're, you're not always going to agree, but you get to see another perspective. And I think that that's one of the, the beautiful things about film is that you get to see some subject through someone else's eyes. And um, it really can be an amazing experience mm-hmm. just from the educational point of view and feeling that, wow, I just learned something that I didn't know before. And I felt something that I haven't felt before. Right. Because, yeah. you know, in so many of these films, true empathy comes out. And right. you, and that's something that this world really needs coming through with this pandemic and all that mm-hmm. is to be able to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes and see it from a different perspective. And so many of these films do that. And that's what I love about it. Mm-hmm. Time is so important to all of us that, you know, when you do take the time to sit down, I like the thought that not only am I being entertained, but I'm seeing and I'm learning in a different level. And very often I've taken a subject I've seen and I've done a little bit more research on it. Uh, When they did those aquaponics and all those a couple of years ago. And, and um, I mean, they've had things that have just been amazing, you know, being a bartender or fun stuff that is very interesting and intriguing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sort of gets you out of your own kind of, track a little bit and either helps you sort of understand someone better or, or to find common humanity. Right. I think one of, one of the the moments that I love most is watching a film from like a really wildly different part of the world with different, really different cultural norms and expectations. And that, but finding something that is really relatable, even within that, because it's sort of a a human moment. Um, The film Wuhan, Wuhan, uh, I had that moment. This about like the earliest days of lockdown in Wuhan you know, sort of reflecting on that, but just sort of seeing these sort of very human moments and relating and being like, oh, I totally would have also done that had I been put in this situation. Um, It's really wonderful moments for for that kind of relation. uh, And And there are so many films too of people uh, being faced with incredible difficulties that they've overcome. And I think that is something that is also not just a great story but it's a great message for a lot of people today too who have a lot of challenges to overcome yeah and finding sort of inspiration towards perseverance or toward resilience um these sort of tactics that i think most of us are going to need to pick up bits and pieces of as we kind of reemerge out of the pandemic and sort of pick up the pieces and hopefully build something good better um, you know, sort of find, find, find opportunities amidst this. And I think, you know, Karen, earlier you said like artists are going to 
like there's going to be such great art and we see that, you know, out of like challenge and constraint, we always see innovations in art. And I am also very excited about that opportunity, but we have to support them now. So we have to watch films now, make sure that artists are getting the money that they need to sort of finish those visions and not silo that. And sometimes I'll pick something like I was looking through the book and I saw that one that says the pink cloud. Yes. And, and it's something that is so outside of thought and, and really it's, a mysterious and toxic pink cloud has enveloped the earth and everyone is forced to hide indoors. Giovanna ends up hunkering down with a one night stand, but little does she know that he will be her companion for years to come. Taking the quarantine lifestyle to the extreme, you'll laugh and cry at all too familiar situations. This dystopian drama hits so close to home, you won't believe it was filmed in 2019. Yeah. With a pink cloud outside. Right. And I mean, it's, it's hysterical. And yeah. so sometimes it's just an idea that is crazy and mm-hmm. you just do it because you think, oh my God, that's got to be hilarious and funny. Yeah. And that film is, yeah, wild that it was made pre-pandemic <laughs> because you will relate to so many very specific, very mundane, very, very, um, unsignificant moments that occur, but also sort of the larger questions around like isolation and human connection and and technology. It gives you a little bit of reflection on your own experiences that isn't too over serious yes. uh, at times. A little bit of levity amidst it. Can you name any a couple other, give us a couple other ideas yeah. of some of the things that that you would not necessarily recommend, but just to give our audience an idea of some of the different types of film that are out there. I know there's one called The Milwaukee Show. Yeah, so I'll talk about local films. You mentioned When Claude Got Shot, which is one of our Cream City Cinema locally made films. Um, When Claude Got Shot actually premiered at South by Southwest and is an incredibly intricate conversation around the impacts of gun violence rippling through families and traumas. In the Milwaukee show, we have two Milwaukee shows each year. The festival, even before the Milwaukee Film Festival happened, Karen, I don't know if you know this, before we had the very first Milwaukee Film Festival, we had a Milwaukee show. Um, right at the founding of Milwaukee Film as an org. So this is something that's essential to our DNA is showing the really the talent that's homegrown. Um, and the Milwaukee Show, now the Milwaukee Shows, there's two of them, <laughs> uh, are shorts programs that are all locally made. And so they run the gamut, music videos, animation, short documentary, short fiction. You know, Some of the work is from like really emerging filmmakers coming out of college, some college student projects, uh, not youth, because those are in the Milwaukee Youth Show but on up to professional filmmakers working here and working within the short form. So it's a real, like almost a variety show of kinds of films. Um, And this year, much like we do in person, in person, it's a sold out show, main house of the Oriental, and we show a film and then we have a Q and a with the filmmaker on stage. So it's a real special moment for filmmakers. Virtually, uh, we are interspersing those Q&As into the show. So you get to hear from those local filmmakers right alongside their work. It so humanizes the film. Yeah, and really sort of thinking about the process. I was talking to an animator. We were pre-recording these, so I've had some of these conversations. um, And, you know, talking about like the time in animation, how much time it takes just to make a minute. Because each 
second has 12 frames, each of which are a separate drawing. And you start to think about what that is. I mean, I'm, I'm never doing it. I don't, I don't have that kind of patience, but really res- like having that honor and respect for those artists who are able to commit to that work um, and take that time and wanting to make sure they get like eyeballs on their work because <laughs> they've spent so much time and heart like making these films. Um, so the Milwaukee shows are always always a good time, always give you a sense of the talent that's here. And Milwaukee loves stuff that Milwaukee makes. And so giving back to our local artists in that way is, is really important for us. And there are several awards that are given out during the festival. Yeah. And we're this year in person, we have an award ceremony, kind of like mid fest for our juried awards. And then we announce our audience awards afterward. And last year we waited until after the festival to announce them all, but we're actually going to be hosting a live virtual awards show on closing night, like right before kind of um, our closing night nightcap. We have a nightly Q&A series called the nightcap. But right before that, we're going to have an award ceremony and we're going to present our juried and our audience awards right then and there, uh, which I think is going to be very exciting. I'm hopeful that some filmmakers will be able to kind of accept their award and that everyone will get to sort of see that. Um, It's a real great moment of kind of appreciation and that sort of movie magic that we were talking about where you're like, oh, I saw that, I saw that. Being able to have that connection around sort of a celebration of that film. Uh, But we'll be giving out mm, around $25,000 in cash prizes across a number of categories. We're also doing a pitch contest for local filmmakers this year. Fiction features are particularly stalled by the pandemic because last summer would have been when so many of them would have been filming and there weren't really COVID safe protocols yet fully built out to do that. So we want to really infuse some of those projects with cash. So we'll be doing a live virtual pitch contest on, I believe it is on the 15th. Tune in to sort of hear about the films that you'll see probably at next year's festival and see which one gets a ton of cash to help make sure that that project comes to life. It's uh, a one more way. We, we had to get creative about how we kind of support local film. Um, and so that's one way. And we hope that our audience will help, uh, you know, cheer them on, celebrate them and honor them that way. So again, the film festival is May 6th through the 20th. We're going to take a quick break now. When we come back, we're going to tell you how to sign up, how to see all those amazing films, how to get the information on those 200 films so that you know what's out there. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. You can go to ellenbecker.com to learn more about our company and the advisors. And we have a picture of all of our employees there and pictures of our office so that when you get on these new Zoom calls, because it used to be that we were face to face, you actually feel the warmth of our company and the warmth of the people that uh, will be working with you. My guest today is Kira Ogburn, and she is the artistic director for the Milwaukee Film Festival that is coming up. And we've been talking about the wonderful films, but as much as the films, of course, are just incredible and the hard work that's gone into it, there's so much that we as filmgoers really can get from seeing these films. Uh, it's it's educational. I mean, it's it's one of these things where now you can sit in your living room and make your popcorn and, you know, browse through a whole bunch of different films all at once and and really stimulate your thinking, depending on where you are that day. Sometimes it's a, 
a fun, you know, silly movie. And other times you can learn things about our city. You could, there's so many different things that you can be exposed to. So the big question is, how do we get involved in that? And I know this again for us this year is another exciting year because we have the opportunity actually between the two of us to um, sponsor two shows, two films. Yeah, and we we talked a little bit about Best Summer Ever, and then you mentioned Some Kind of Heaven, which is Ellen Becker Investment Group's <clears throat> sponsored film. It's a documentary about the villages in Florida, um, and it's a really great portrait of what happens in retirement when you have nothing to do and all the time, and how do you occupy <laughs> that time? I am going to join a synchronized swimming team, is what I learned, but it's also like a beautifully <laughs> shot film, um, and I think we have the filmmaker lined up for a and a so you'll be able to sort of hear a little bit about his process and vision as well. So virtual film festival, different than in person. In person, you just like, you know, drive across town, park, walk up to the box office. Uh, For this festival, you do need to go online to our website. It's mkefilm.org slash festival. And there you'll be able to look at, you know, tickets and passes are the two ways to access films. Uh, Passes are on sale now. Prices go up on the 5th, but they're available throughout the festival. Passes are the best way to have that experience you've been describing, Karen, to get yourself set up. You might need a little bit of tech help, but we do have staff that are ready to kind of help make sure that your tech setup is optimized. Uh, We've got a quiz to help you figure out the best way for you to watch the films. Once you're a pass holder, you go to watch.mkefilm.org. You sign in, you download an app to your TV, a Roku app, an Apple TV app. We've got a couple of different apps and you log in and it's just like the whole festival is there. Netflix can be really overwhelming and you'll browse and browse and browse and then you'll end up like watching, you know, I don't know, The Office for the 18th time or something really (laughs) familiar. Um, The festival, there's a lot. It's 202 films. But it's not so much that it's overwhelming. There's an opportunity to really browse and explore, to take a risk, to watch something that maybe you wouldn't normally, you know, drive across town, park, wait in line um, to see because it's all right there at your your fingertips. Um, So I really recommend that pass holder experience. It gives you that luxury of kind of browsing and picking and choosing your own festival, your own schedule. You don't have to uh, be beholden to our schedule that we've chosen. But we do have tickets. Tickets go on sale on May 6th. the day that the festival starts uh, and they are $5 for Milwaukee film members and $8 for non-members. And we've really lowered those prices. Those prices are available for your full household passes or tickets. Your whole household can watch together or apart, however they see fit. Uh, but we've lowered our prices to really try to make sure that we're accessible for people who may have been impacted uh, financially by the pandemic to make sure that everyone in our community can find a film and see it. And that member price is a really good price. Like you're not going to get $5 tickets at any cinema except, well, I guess there's $5 Tuesday, whatever. Uh, (laughs) And so being a member of Milwaukee Film is a year round uh, opportunity. We have free screenings monthly. They're virtual right now. But, you know, it's an opportunity to sort of carve out a night to watch a film that we've selected and sort of have yourself transported in the ways that Karen has described to places you might not have gone. You get that super sweet discount. You get discounts on all sorts of good goodies throughout the year, including back at the Oriental Theater. When we reopen, we will be reopening this summer. Uh, We will have completed all of, well, almost all, there's always more you want to do, but we will have completed our renovations and we'll be able to welcome folks back to the cinema uh, for a safe, but in-person 
film viewing experience in a fully renovated cinema. The seats will have been replaced in all three theaters. Uh, for those of you who may have come to the 2019 festival, we had the seats completed in one of our side theaters, but they're throughout. We've done a ton of plaster restoration and safety improvements, some air filtration improvements. Um, so we're really excited to welcome folks back later this summer. And when we do get back, and we will get back, there are many theaters that these are held in. It's not just the, down, there's the Downer, there's um, the one on the South side. There's what, five theaters? Yeah, so our, our in-person festival does use a variety of venues throughout the area. Um, in 2022, TBD, which ones? Because we got to get those new contracts in place, but it will be sort of, yeah, like back into the different neighborhoods um, as well as at our flagship at the Oriental Theater. It is going to be very exciting to see the theater open and the theaters open it breaks my heart every time I go past all of these movie theaters and I and they're closed I mean they certainly were one of the hardest hit industries during this pandemic so this is very exciting and the idea that our team and Milwaukee Film Festival could be so reactive to the pandemic and still bring great film to the Milwaukee area without missing a beat. It really speaks highly to the organization of the Milwaukee film, to Jonathan Jackson, who is the director and how hard he works. And he is such a visionary to make sure that Milwaukee is always bringing the best of everything that we can bring to the viewership and in so many different ways and incorporating kids and incorporating all the movies that we're doing and the different festivals and really trying to always touch everybody and making sure that there's something for every single viewer out there. We couldn't have come out of this pandemic thriving without the support of members and sponsors and supporters like you, Karen. Um, So very grateful. It's really wonderful. So give out the numbers again and how people can get access to the films. And again, it's wonderful to sit and watch it on your TV or you can watch it, sit in bed, watch it, your computer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so May 6th through the 20th, you can get tickets and passes online at mkefilm.org slash festival. Festival starts on the 6th, runs through the 20th, and then it turns into a pumpkin. But you do have the flexibility to watch whenever, wherever on your couch in your bed with friends without friends big bag of popcorn that's what I like to do that's when I give myself permission to have butter on my popcorn (laughs) because that's what I do at the theater thank you so much Kira this has been a great show and my guest today is artistic director Kara Ogburn and uh, she's been talking to us about the Milwaukee Film Festival which is being held from May 6th to the 20th And I just hope, as always, that I've made a difference in your personal and your financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Have a great week. Bye-bye.